Welcome to another episode of New York Sports Incomplete. This is Rex the Rookie here with John the Veteran. How's it going, John? So much better. So unspeakably better than it was last week. Wow, what a difference a week makes. The sun is shining. The birds are singing. Orange and blue skies, baby. Okay, uh, this episode is brought to us by Buddy's Barbecue. If you're on Long Island and you've got an event coming up that you'd like to have catered, make it easy on yourself. Get delicious barbecue made for you and delivered with all the fixings. Call Buddy's Barbecue, 516-497-0246. 516-497-0246. And tell them the fellas at New York Sports Incomplete sent you. All right, John, let's get into it. Let's do it. So, since we last met, the Mets are going 5-0, baby! Never say die. 5-0. and oh. I never would have predicted this in a million years. No. All by one run. <laughs> we, by one run, and we've had good starting pitching. Good starting pitching. Bad bullpen. And some clutch hitting, which some clutch we, didn't, hitting. we yeah. didn't have good starting pitching or clutch hitting before. So we go, uh, let's see. The one, I mean, I think the one game we have to talk about that was bad was the first race start. Yeah. Yeah. That was, Mm. (laughs) that might have been the. I don't, I don't know if I want to dwell on that because we did take two or three from the best team in baseball. We did. I will say though, when the Rays are kicking your ass and their logo is just superimposed on your giant scoreboard on center field yeah that's probably that hopefully that's rock bottom (laughs) for the season the scoreboard that the folks on channel two said you can see from space just (laughs) (laughs) the rays are up like seven to one and just that got it glitched out and just had rays for like yeah a solid 10 15 minutes (laughs) i kind of think we deserve that all right so let's move on to wednesday so we got wednesday the 17th the mets went eight to seven over the rays You had Senga pitching a beauty. Six innings pitched, three hits, only one earned run, three bases on balls, and 12 Ks. You would have never thought that game was going to end 8-7. to No. (laughs) And we have the call-up of one Mark Vientos, who in his very first game of 2023 hits a home run. Dead center. God, it was beautiful. And then go to the bottom of the ninth, Alvarez hits a home run. Yeah, I mean, we... we Three-run score. Bottom of the 10th, Alonzo with a three-run walk-off homer. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. No, it doesn't. I... When they... They cut the... Yeah, it was... It was they finally... Vientos ties the game at two. And it was the... Like, everyone in the stadium got their joy back collectively as a unit after a month of just... The worst baseball. And then we immediately squander all of that momentum. Well, I can remember texting you going, this team is driving me crazy. <laughs> we start to put it together. Sing is pitching a gym and the bullpen's falling apart again. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then we and then Alvarez ties the game. And you're and then everyone's like completely out of their minds. 
and then we give up two more runs, and it's like, okay, well, at least at least everyone, all the kids played well. Yeah. So, moral victory. And then Alonzo just hits a ball to Mars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he was sick as a dog that day. Buck said that uh, that Alonzo was feeling under the weather and he was not even going to play him. And Alonzo said, no, I want to play. There's absolutely zero way Buck brings up that he was sick if they don't win that game. Right, <laughs> right, you're right. <laughs> he might not even have been sick. Buck just might have lied and just been like, you know what, this story needs... Pete was ill. This was his flu game. <laughs> and this was also another one of those Pete the Goober moments when he went on national TV and said, let's effing go Mets, only he said the whole word. Yeah. Quite clearly, in fact, <laughs> it was all over talk radio the next day. But that's why we love him. He mashes home runs and acts like an imbecile at times. Yeah, and he has a fondness for guardrails. Oh, God, that was disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> that was so wrong. Okay. He's humping everything. He gets a double. He gets a home run. It doesn't matter what he does. Anytime the Mets are doing good, you cut the teeth and he's humping something. The air, the guardrail. Well, it's you know what? Let, let, yeah, exactly. Just let him keep humping as long as he's hitting home runs. I only called Nimmo the human golden retriever, but we might have to pass that on to Pete. <laughs> the golden horn dog. All right, so we move on to the fifth, to the eighteenth Thursday, Mets three, Rays two, and surprise, surprise, Tyler McGill six six innings pitched, four hits, two earned runs, one base on balls, and four Ks. I mean, that might have been his first, his, his best outing of the year. Definitely, given the opponent, I would definitely say that was his best start of the year. So yeah, yeah so in this one, Beatty hits a single, Lindor scores, Alonzo home runs again. And Pham hits an infield single, and McNeil scores. And the bullpen holds. Yeah. 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 I, David Robertson's arm is going to be silly putty by the 4th of July at this rate. That, like, it's just... I mean, I think we tried him out there, what, four four games in a row? Five games in a row? Yeah. And he, previously, he'd never done more than two in a row. He's... I mean, God bless him, but you see him in the post-game interviews he's got his arm is like up to here with ice bags yeah 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 but let's just hope we can keep him together because he's been a godsend yeah adovino's got to get it together though. you know he to... will he goes through stretches know, like this where you just drive you crazy he can't find the strike zone or he'll throw a meatball right down the middle yeah. but he always gets it together i i mean can you imagine where this team would be without david robertson I don't want to. I think we're basically the Nationals without David Roberts. Well, I mean, as as we speak, the Mets are two games over 500. Yep. And only four and a half games behind first place. And we and, got a wild card spot again. And yes, and and a week ago, it didn't look like we were going to even break 500 for the year. Yeah. All right. Moving on, Friday the 19th, the Mets 10, Cleveland Indians, or excuse Guardians. me, Guardians. Guardians, Rex. Sorry, I'm an old fart. I still think of them as the Indians. <laughs> Let me start that again. Mets 10, Cleveland Guardians 9. Cookie Carrasco pitched five innings, five hits, five earned runs, two bases on balls, and three Ks. He was pretty lousy. Yeah. Uh, then we, we brought in Leon, who did more of the same. He was four innings, four hits, two earned runs, two bases on balls, zero Ks. 
But okay. unlike the beginning of the season, our offense came to life and bailed us out. Yeah, there, before we get into how great the offense was that night, there has to be a better... There has to be four pitchers better in our system. We can, You can't go Carrasco, Leon, Nogasek, Hunter. You're yeah. just not going to win yeah. many baseball games. I mean, it shouldn't have won this game, but, the but you know, he got help this time for a change. That was... It was uh, brutal to watch the first three quarters of this game. I think I missed it. I was at work. I just I checked my phone. It was 5 nothing, and I think I told yeah. myself, oh, it was a nice run, and then I just shut my phone. Right, but here comes the miracle. Here, here. Bottom of the fifth. Frank the Tank hits a home run. And McNeil singles in Lindor. Then in the bottom of the sixth, Beatty hits a home run. Bottom of the seventh. Pete the Humpmeister hits a grand slam to tie the game. Does a complete 180 in celebration rounding yeah. first. Yes, he did. Well, I, I thought he went full McGuire and missed first base at first. <laughs> yeah. And then we go for free baseball. We got extra innings again. And in the 10th, after giving up the lead again. Yeah. The, oh, my God. In the bottom of the 10th, Fiento singles. Beatty scores. Alvarez singles. Escobar scores. Lindor singles. Alvarez scores on a walk-off. And Lindor got to uh, inflict a little bit of uh, pain on the team that let him go. So, all around, a terrific win. You just knew a one one game of the series was going to come down to Lindor up at bat against his old team for the first time. Well, also in that game, the, the I forget what it was, but the Mets pulled a really good defensive play, and Ron Darling goes, gee whiz, you'd think after that play, it's the Mets' day, and then the Mets immediately gave up the, the, the lead and had to come back in extra innings again. Yeah, I... They just, they can't, they can't help themselves so make it as difficult as possible. Well, you know, I saw uh, John Heyman's article in the Post and he said, it's not sustainable, blah, blah, blah. Of course it's not sustainable, but they're getting better with the pitching and way better with, with clutch hitting. You don't you normally need both to win. Yeah, I mean, how about Alvarez going up against the best closer in the American League? Down to the final strike, and takes he, he hit. That was a tough pitch to hit. Yeah, and he just muscled it, muscled it into the outfield. Well, as as we've heard, uh, I think it was Buck said Alvarez has muscles on his toes. He's so muscle bound. I need to. I, I don't. He, apparently, his nickname is El Troll, and I don't know. But I don't. I don't know if that's a knock on the other Frank the Tank, who is a troll, like a life size troll. Yeah. Or I. I, I <laughs> I think he needs a new nickname. <laughs> I think he's playing the way he's been playing. He deserves a new nickname. He's, he's, he's amazing. Been, he's been clutch. His defense has been stellar. Okay. I've, the, some of the balls he's been able, able to block have yeah. been just great. You know, the beginning of the season, they didn't let him catch Sanga because of that fork ball. Oh. And he's had no problem with it. The only reason he should be not our starting catcher is if it's a day-night doubleheader, like like we dealt with. Uh, well, the let, following. Let's the following. get into that because they do have a logjam coming up. Uh, Narvaez and Nito are, are due to come off the IL soon. I don't see what the what's the logjam. You have three, or well, not three, because Narvaez is a, is a major league player. 
You have two borderline major league players, the number one prospect in baseball. What's the, what's the discussion? He's have he's playing well. He's the, I think he's he's been the best offensive catcher in baseball over the last month. Yeah, and he's he's demonstrated he's got a cannon for an arm. And if Nito fixed his eyes, congratulations to him. He can hopefully he gets a, a you know at least a backup catcher gig somewhere else. There's a uh, he could go to San Diego. San Diego doesn't have any catching right now. He could, right. he could go there. Sanchez. Just come on. Rental. Yeah. <laughs> you know. What, San- what's my attachment to Gary Sanchez? Gary Sanchez will occasionally give you uh, some power, but he's uh, way below average defensively. And I don't think he's as good offensively or defensively as Alvarez. Just, yeah. Well, Alvarez I'm, is the future. I mean, the other issue is as soon as they brought Vientos up, Alvarez and Beatty started playing even better. It. You know, they, they got this goofy term, the baby Mets. These are professional baseball players. It's a little demeaning to call them the baby Mets. But these guys have chemistry, and they bring energy and fire to the ballpark, and it's actually getting the old geezers that were already there playing decent baseball. Yeah, I read somewhere saying that they're too young to understand that the game's over. <laughs> that's, just, that's baloney. I go off into this. These are guys who've been playing baseball their whole lives. Yeah, I know. But the energy that they do, that they have brought, is contagious, and they 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 really feel like they belong. There's, 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 they do belong. There's no back down in any of them. They do belong, and I'm going to bring up another topic that I that may be somewhat controversial, but I think it's time. It's still time to bring up Mauricio. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've said bring up Mauricio. The one, the knock on him is they're like, oh, he doesn't walk enough. The team walks more than mainly what Vogelback does. Yeah, all we do is get walks. I want guys that could score runs hey, and hit the ball far and. <laughs> I, I don't yeah, know. and Vientos is, I mean, uh, Mauricio is still tearing it up in AAA. Yeah. He, he, he deserves a call-up, and he's certainly going to play better than Canna has been playing, or Fan has been playing. Yeah, I mean, if you want to keep Canna around because he's a great clubhouse presence and he was there last year, fine. Fine, yeah. let him ride the pine. Get rid of, get rid of Fan. Yeah. Escobar, es- I mean, look, Escobar, Escobar got, got benched. And he got bench for Beatty. And ever since coming off the bench, he's a <laughs> juggernaut. <laughs> yeah. He's a switch hitting juggernaut. I have never seen a guy take a demotion better in my life. He's out there, he's singing, he's dancing in the clubhouse. Getting he clutch gets, hits. <laughs> I mean, he's a pinch runner now. He's scooting around the bases. Yeah, yeah. They even had, play, had him play in second one day. I mean, Escobar's proved his worth. Yeah. Fam, I don't have anything against the guy. I just, I'm, I'm, don't, I think Mauricio, Mauricio's what, better. What Mauricio could be far outweighs what Fam is. Is that that's what it comes down to? Right. And if Mauricio drops a hundred points off his batting average, getting used to major league pitching, he's still better than Fam. He's batting two fifty. If you drop off a hundred points in his batting average, well, <laughs> you yeah. get my point. No, I, mean, I know he's, he's gonna, which is about better than what Fam is doing right now. I don't. The knocks on the knock on him is that he. The Fam is walk. batting 208 with only a 664 OPS. Granted, Fam hits the ball super hard, but 99% of the time it's right at somebody. So 
So yeah, he's, J- he's J.D. Davis 2.0. Right. Maybe the Giants could use another one. <laughs> okay, anyway, let's see. Let's move on. Saturday, Reina. So we get a doubleheader of two multiple Cy Young winners, first time in the history of the game. Yeah. So we got Scherzer starting the earlier game. Scherzer went six innings, three hits, zero earned runs, one base on balls, five Ks. Looks fantastic. Looked like Scherzer of old. Yep. Velocity's back up. His command is back, which is the most important thing. He wasn't being stubborn with his fastball, though, either. He was working in more breaking pitches and getting him over for strikes, which I think was a big key to his success. Mets win the game 5-4 to four over the Guardians. Oh, we, we, yeah, Marte, though, was sensational. He, he I mean, the... El Canon. He hit three hits. He got... Everything's... We were up, we're up 3 nothing basically the whole game. And then the bullpen... Auto, I don't... Auto, I, auto blew up. Yeah, I don't... I did not understand bringing Rayleigh in. He throws nine pitches to get out of the seventh. He looks great. Going to a doubleheader, I, I'm I'm sitting there and I'm like, well, well, give him the eighth. Why do you bring save Adovino for the ninth? Right. What are you doing? With, and then he brings in Adovino, takes Rayleigh out. Adovino craps the bed. They have to take him out. And then Robertson gives up the home run. I can't even get mad at Robertson because he's been he's like 60 years old and he's been elite the entire year. <laughs> so so he gives up a home run, you know, to Jose Ramirez. What am I, you know? That's gonna happen, but then, but, and then he, he the whole time I'm like, why didn't he leave Brooks Raley in? And then like six hours later, he has Raley warming up in the bullpen. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. You're setting this man up for failure. Who, who does that? Who you don't have a guy pitch twice in one day. Yeah. But but so then and then Marte just immediately Beatty got a walk. Marte hits a two run homer. As Gary said, they flipped the script on Cleveland immediately. Yeah. And yeah. then you know. So the rundown of the scoring, the fourth bottom of the fourth, Escobar singles, Vogelback scores, Gary Sanchez thrown out at home. Still not fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had yeah. So I uh, one of my favorite Twitter follows Meek Phil. He uh, he tweeted out in all caps. Who does Joey Cork think Gary Sanchez is? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was uh, that was crazy. He, we were really aggressive on the base paths this series. I, I actually like it, except it, you have to have a modicum of common sense would have been good in that case. Yeah, McNeil McNeil needs a leash on this. <laughs> he's not as fast as he thinks he is. No, he's not. But he's way faster than Sanchez. Yeah. Bottom of the sixth, Sanchez hits a sack fly. Alonzo scores. Bottom of the seventh, Nemo muscles up and hits a 442-foot home run. And then the bottom of the eighth, Marte hits a home run and Beatty scores. So, all in all, a a great win. Another great win. And another one-run win. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm sitting there like, oh, we got to do this again in the car. <laughs> then we go to the nightcap. Mets 2, Cleveland 1. Verlander versus Bieber. This was the game I was really looking forward to. Lives up to the hype. Verlander was stellar. Yeah, uh, both eight, those guys turned Eight innings pitch, three hits, one earned run, zero base, base on balls, and five strikeouts. 
Verlander was great. Bieber was almost as good. Yeah, Lindor golfed one out on him. That was really his only... That was in the bottom of the sixth, and then in the bottom of the eighth, uh, McNeil hit a sack fly that scored Marte, and that was the game. Yeah, once again, Lindor coming through in the clutch. I, I don't think that was a designed hit and run, but Marte goes, Lindor hit, puts it right up the middle, Marte gets to go to third, and then, yeah, McNeil with the sack fly, and then they brought him Brooks Raley. And with that, the Metsies sweep the Guardians. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Um, across town, the Yankees... Doing just as good. Yankees are doing well. They won eight of their last ten. Well, they got Severino back. Herman got busted for stickiness again. Most obvious. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> guys a, he's, you know... Whatever. Who cares? Who cares? I'm not... <laughs> yeah. Just, it was very, very obvious what, <laughs> what should have been done the last time, and it wasn't. The Yankees are currently 29 and 20 and six games behind first place in their division because of the torrid start for the Rays. And the Orioles. And the Orioles. And the Orioles are for real, folks. They're, yeah. Yeah. The, the, that, the Rays are going to have 2022 Mets syndrome. But it's the entire division instead of just the frames. Well, the baby birds. We got the baby Mets and the baby birds tearing it up in Major League Baseball, and it's a beautiful thing. Have you have you seen what the Orioles' new City Connect jerseys are going to be? Yeah, I saw it this morning. Did, did you did you see the uh, description that the official Orioles account gave on behalf of the team with the jersey? Something about wanting to represent the diverse neighborhoods of Baltimore. That is the most pretentious thing I've ever read in my life. Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the, like we designed an ugly uniform, but it's for a reason. It's yeah, they, they they go from the outside. It looks all black and white. You can't see what you're looking for. Threaded from the artistic tapestry of our city, the palette is like our people, colorful, vibrant, and quirky. So basically they're saying, listen, we know you think Baltimore is a horrible place to live, but please just hear us out. It's not that bad. Oh, come on. It's the home of Duff Goldman, Goldman one of the great pastry bakers in the country. And then they're like, and then they, they go, we're the first team to design the inside of our jersey. So, like, the inside that, you know, won't be visible on television. Right. part you can't see. It's all rainbow-infused and bright and colorful. Fantastic. Kind of like the Marlins with their black jerseys with the black letters that nobody can read. And my favorite part, in what is quite possibly the most overdramatic sentence of all time, Baltimore stretches fearlessly across the front of our jersey. We are not hiding behind a catchy nickname, and we don't shy away. We are Baltimore. Yeah, well, you're ugly. <laughs> I don't know. Any other way to put it. I would rather they had an all-black jersey that just said The Wire across their chest. That would have been better than this. All right. So let's look ahead. We're going to... We're Yesterday was a travel day. Yep. Tonight we start a series against the Cubbies. Hope the wind is blowing in. <laughs> yeah. Well, we got Senga versus Smiley. Uh, if we get good Senga, it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, uh, if, it, if it's bad Senga, it's going to be a dogfight. I'm not excited to see Dansby Swanson again. Yeah, he is a long-term Met killer, but we've, we've got some bats of our own now. Yeah, no, uh, that's, that's, it should be good. We, we, we get to face our old pal Marcus Stroman. 
I hope we light him up. I hope we hit so hard against him. Cocky little bugger. I just, you know, I still have a bad taste in my mouth from the way he was like, well, the Mets didn't really make a good offer. Ah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, I think, yeah, I don't know who we have going that game against him. But then the the, fall, the, end, the end of the series is the, the battle of mid between Carlos Carrasco and uh, Jamison Tyone. <laughs> oh, well, that'll be looking twenty run game. Yeah, if you're looking for offense, that is the game. Yeah, to the middle watch. game. We've got big drip going against Marcus. That is I, Miguel. Yeah. Let's let's hope Carrasco can remember how to pitch. I mean, it's just it's it's almost as bad as watching David Peterson. It really is. I mean, it's. it's on, like, I honestly think it's worse because you could tell Carrasco's brain is still there. Like he knows what he wants to do, and his body just won't let him. Yeah. So yeah, uh, and you know this, we do have one, we do have one pitching prospect. We do. That's that's climbing the ranks. Uh, his name is Mike Vassell, uh, kid from from Boston. Uh, he was. Selected in the eighth round, he's currently in. Uh, he's in Double A right now. He's got a two point one nine ERA, and apparently they say his stuff, his fastball is not like crazy. He's not like throwing high nineties, but he, all of his off-speed pitches are like A plus stuff. And he's like burst onto the scene. So if he keeps pitching like this, he might be something we think of calling up maybe around the All-Star break. Well, the, the way things are trending in Major League Baseball, spin rate's a lot more important than velocity. Yeah. Um, they had a neat thing on Nathan Eovaldi on MLB Network this morning. And Eovaldi has always been somebody could put it up towards triple digits. And he, he's his whole career, he's featured his fastball this year. His fastball usage is down to thirty-seven percent because his off-speed pitches are the ones that are getting getting people out. Yeah, and you know it's also less wear and tear on your arm. No, it is. Yeah, uh, and and just just for reference, this uh, Vassal uh, in his entire minor league career, he's done one hundred and fifteen innings. He has a WHIP under one, zero point nine two. Very promising. So just a name to well, keep in mind. you know. Also, there is a possibility by the All Star break, maybe we can pull off a trade for another arm. Granted, it'll cost us an arm and a leg because everybody's Quintana's ramping up, which should hopefully we get something out of him. You know what? He can't be any worse than Carrasco. Right? Yeah. He's younger. He when he wasn't hurt, he'd been an innings eater. Yeah, I don't think he's injury prone. He had a tumor on his ribs. I mean, yeah, could have predicted that. No, it was just, <laughs> thank God they caught it and it was benign. Yeah. But, yeah, it would be great to get him back. I know we didn't plan to talk about this, but we went. We were so enthusiastic about the Mets and the Yankees. We went buzzing through it really fast. We got the NFL schedules out this week. Right, we do. We do have Why don't you do the Giants first? There you go. All right, so... Oh, you had, you put your own little predictions in here. Yeah, well, my little, emphasis on little, because I have no clue as to what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay, all right. So, got yeah, we started a season in Dallas, uh, which that's a big game. I I think while we're we're definitely we're still definitely not on Philly's level yet. 
I think the gap between the Giants and Dallas is closing pretty rapidly. So I would, if we're going to get one against Dallas this year and split the the season uh, series, I, I want that game at home week one. Uh, Arizona's probably going to be the awful. worst team in football. Yeah, they'll be awful. So that's, that's a win we should get. Um, yeah, San Francisco... On the road, it's always going to be tough. I don't know who their quarterback is going to be. That's the only thing that gives me a bit of promise. Um, if it's Sam Darnold, which it might be, I think the Giants can beat Sam Darnold. I know, I know, I know. Anytime you hear the name Sam Darnold, you, I went. You got Vietnam flashbacks, but uh, yeah, yeah. As a Jets fan, I don't want to hear that name. Seattle, Seattle. If it was on the road, I would, I'd say Seattle has the edge, just like last year, but. Seattle home, I do think, is a win. So, right, we're, we're on the same page right here. I don't... For some reason, I think we have a better chance of being Buffalo than Miami out of those two. Okay. Because of the, just the Both Brian are... Dable connection. Well, Miami's much improved and Buffalo's still good. So, it could be, as far as I could tell, it could be a toss-up either way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, don't, I don't hate the... I don't, I don't, if, we could, if we beat Miami, I wouldn't be... Completely shocked. Uh, Washington, we should handle our business. That's Washington. Uh, I am shocked you have us beating the Jets. I, I I was like... It's an away game. Yeah, yeah. And I say that with tongue-in-cheek because... Probably. I really think the Jets need their own stadium. When, when all they do is change the color of the carpet in the end zone <laughs> and call it either a home or away game. I mean, it's just... How can a team have an identity without a home stadium? The Raiders aren't the Raiders aren't going to be any good, so I'm, I'm I say that's a that's a win. Don't foresee us beating Dallas on on the road, but if we do, I will not shut up about it. Beat Washington again. It Sp- would, speaking of the Raiders, do you see where Tom Brady might become a minority owner of the Raiders? He's owned them for the last twenty years. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, okay, on the field. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, yeah, speaking of Tom Brady, beating the Patriots would be nice. Uh, I I think the Patriots finished in last place this year. And that's not even a knock against them. I I don't even think they're particularly bad. I just think everyone else in their division's really good. On a personal level, beating the Packers would bring me great joy, um, which I really hope we do. New Orleans, playing on the road's always tough, but, um... That would be one I'd like to have, too. And then we play Philly twice in the final three weeks. The only way I could see us winning one of those games is if Philly just benches all of their starters all right. week, week 18. And I, the Rams, I think, will beat the Rams because I don't think the Rams are particularly good anymore. They're not. Sorry. They're not. So I, I, I think I had the Giants going 10-7, maybe 11-6. You have them going 12-5, which would be tremendous. You know me, I'm always an optimist. Yeah, no, I get it. I, I just think our schedule, we were 9, 8, and 1 last year. And while we improved, uh, I think rather significantly, our schedule is very hard. Like, like having, the, having four straight road games is pretty brutal. Even if, you know, I, we're just, it's one of those things where I don't really, I can't stand them at Life Stadium. And yeah. I don't think it provides much of a home field advantage for, anyways. For either team. So, you know, Yeah, whatever. I agree. All right, now we move over to the Jets. 
who you have losing the, uh, as Joe Beningo called it, must-win game against Buffalo to start the season. Well, you know, Joe, Joe Beningo, everything's a must-win game. Uh, oh, the pain, bro, the pain. I think I think they beat Buffalo. Like, I, I think honestly, I think the Jets start the season three and zero. I, I think, I think I'd they, like to see the a cage match between Joe Beningo and Fireman Joe or whatever his name is. Fireman Ed. Fireman Ed and Ed and Beningo because you know they're both very passionate Jets fans who don't know anything about what they're talking. About. <laughs> uh, they'll yeah they're Kansas City's probably Kansas City's still gonna be a loss. Uh, beat Denver, lose to Philly. I think I still think they beat the Giants. The Chargers. If that game was in LA, I'd probably give the Chargers the nod. But since it's at home, I'll say the Jets win, beat the Raiders, lose to Buffalo in Buffalo, and then beat Miami, beat Atlanta, beat Houston, beat Miami again. I, I they they probably will split with Miami, but that's that's again that's up in the air. Beat Washington, beat Cleveland. And then I I think they sweep New England this year. Honestly, I think I have I have the Jets winning thirteen games. Uh, what do I have eleven? You have them eleven, 11 wins. Six. Yeah, I think I think the Giants pro the Giants go ten and seven. Well, the Jets go thirteen you know, and four. The, the Jets just went out and, and spent a lot of dough on a, a Jeopardy host, <laughs> who's old by NFL standards. He's and, still he's I I I, th- I think he has he has a little bit left in the tank. I think the guy's a nut job, Could and, be, and yes, he's a good football player. And if we get seventy percent of prime time play out of him, then we've gotten a good deal. Yeah, no, I think he's going to be better than Favre was. Which honestly, if that gets a bad rep, because the Jets with Favre in his first year were pretty damn great, and then he got hurt, and it all fell well. Apart. Let's hope Rogers has better control over his. Uh, Intimate picture sharing than, yeah, than yeah, Favre. That too. But no, I, I, I think this is definitely, this is the most excited uh, New York has been about football in a long, long time going into the season. Well, it's the most excited I've been in a long time. I mean, candidly, the, the reason I got into watching Premier League football is because the Jets were just unwatchable for so many years. Giants are right there with them. Uh, but yeah, I, I just... After last season, I think that nine wins would be the floor for the Giants. And I say that as someone, I think they get 10-11 just because the, their schedule is brutal. But I think they, they're, with their coaching, they, are, they could beat anybody on any given day. Yeah, and, and, and as for the Jets coaching staff, I think Robert Sala's been doing a solid job. Uh, I don't have any real issue with him. You brought in uh, Nathaniel Hackett, who was Aaron Rodgers' offense coordinator in Green Bay for his two last MVP seasons. Yeah. So there's clearly something working there. Um, I, I, the Jets last year, I know, like I said, I've said numerous times, there's so many teams that go, oh, well, if we, we were just a quarterback away from being a contender. And they're not. No, the Jets are the exception to the rule. Well, the Jets have a young, dynamic defense, and they got and, weapons at every and, skill position. Right, they were truly a quarterback away from making a run last year. Right now, now this that brings up a point. Um, having been a football player in my youth, um, this term "skill position" has always stuck in my craw because you know the guys on the line have skills too. 
I'm sorry. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You got you guys in the trenches deserve some love too. My just, my major skill was eating the jet. <laughs> Hopefully, hopefully the Jets' offensive line can keep uh, Old Man Rogers upright, and if they can do that, he'll uh, he'll find the skill position guys and score a lot of touchdowns. Might get the final Jeopardy answer correct. I don't, I still I mean, this is one of those things where it's like the Jets have assembled this fantastic team. I still don't think they're better than the Chiefs or the Bengals. I don't either. I, you know. But they're going to be a lot more fun to watch. The Giants, the Giants are just the disrespect they've gotten leading up to the season has been insane. I've, I've heard, I, I saw a list, I saw a tier list of teams uh, going into this season, and while they had the Jets as uh, fringe contenders, uh, I got let me find this list right here because it, it was insane. That okay, so the team tiers they had. Tier 1, Super Bowl is the expectation. Chiefs, Eagles, Bengals, Bills. I can agree with that. Tier 2, second tier contenders. 49ers, Jets, Cowboys, Chargers, Dolphins, Jaguars. Everyone really thinks uh, your favorite quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, is going to take the Jaguars. Tier 3, long shot contenders. Seahawks, Lions, Ravens. And then they have the Giants in Tier 4 as not quite contenders with the Browns and the Broncos. Say what? I don't. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I had I don't have the Giants like running over anybody, but I think they're a better team than the Browns and the Broncos. I don't. Yeah. I don't think that makes me a homer for saying I think we're better than the Browns and the Broncos. Yeah. And I think we're better than the Ravens. I think we're better than the Seahawks because I just don't foresee Geno Smith continuing the miracle run that he had last year. I could be wrong. In the case of the the. the the Lions. The Broncos? Oh, well, yeah, they had. Yeah. They got a lot of work to do to get good again. I, I, I read they were like, well, they got Sean Payton as their head coach. So that he's going to magically turn them around like he did with the Sean Saints. Sean Payton, who's been kind of a defensive guy. No, no, no he's all offense. He's, he's offense. Matter of fact, the Saints, that was his that was his big knock for years. Because they had all oh, offense. Yeah, I got it backwards. It's... Yeah, they Nolo down there for a while. Right. Yeah. So then, yeah, uh, I like I said, the Lions, the Lions did beat the Giants' brains in last year towards the end of the season when it looked like injuries were running, were catching up to us. But I, I think, I think we're on par with the Lions. I, I, I just don't understand how you don't pick how how you have teams like I don't know I. And the Jaguars and Char- the Jaguars and Chargers. I can understand if you think Herbert and Lawrence are really that sensational a quarterback that they're gonna, you know, they're both good MVP candidates. I, they are. They are really good. I just don't understand how you could see the Giants who won a playoff game last year. I think Daniel Jones just doesn't get enough respect. No, he gets hate for, for doing nothing. I've the never guy's, seen a guy... The guy's durable. He doesn't make a lot of bad decisions. Well, he, yeah, that was a knock on him up until this point, was he was, wasn't was durable, and he made a lot of dumb yeah, decisions. And, and what, what did he do last year? He completely turned around because we had a coach that actually played to his strengths for once with nobody to help him. Like, you know, the biggest thing was he gets... Oh, well, he only scored 15 touchdowns last year. And, okay, if you just ran a box score... Yeah, 15 touchdowns is a lot. But as someone who watched the games, I've seen him 
lead teams on like 90 yard touchdown drives with practice squad wide receivers and yeah. then he gets them all the way down the field and then Saquon Barkley runs it in for a touchdown. No argument. Which I'm totally fine with, but like then yeah. everyone goes, Oh well he 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 got he did nothing last year. He well, got carried. Speaking of uh Running backs, the NFL lost one of the all-time greats this week. Jim Brown passed. Uh, Jim Brown was a complicated guy. He he was uh, had anger issues and didn't act very nice towards his women friends. But, but on the field, he was an absolute one-man wrecking crew. Only played nine seasons, but he put, put up... He did enough. He <laughs> put up numbers in nine seasons that... He'll always go down as one of the all-time greats. Matter of fact, having been a fan of football for most of my adult life and childhood, the only running back that I ever saw inflict as much punishment as Jim Brown was only for two seasons, and that was Earl Campbell. Jim Brown did it for nine silent seasons. Yeah, Jim Brown ran towards defenders, not away from them. You know, a lot of the time, the running back is the one who's getting the pain inflicted upon them. Jim Brown made it his business to punish anybody that had the gall to try to tackle him. He's a bad man. He's a bad man. Uh, he'll, be, he'll be missed. Uh, still one of, the, one of the greatest to ever do it. And on the plus side... He did a lot of good stuff for civil rights. He was, like I said from the get-go, he was a very complex individual. But... Uh, He'll be remembered if fondly. You, if you just go by what he did on the field, he was one of the all-time greats. So, yeah. rest in peace, Jim Brown. That's about all I got this week, John. How about yeah, you? Yeah, that's about it. I Thankfully, I got to. I've, if I would have actually watched the Sunday night game on television and not at City Field, I probably would have had like a 15 minute diatribe on how awful ESPN's broadcast is, but I really got nothing. Uh, Spark Notes, I guess. Don't put a Casamigos logo over the home run apple. It's kind yep. of messed up. Yeah. Don't do an interview with Max Scherzer in a tie game in the eighth inning. It's not the time and place. And uh, just. Don't insinuate that the Mets are going to send down Alvarez for Tomas Nito, because it's just not going to happen. You're just trying to stir crap Here, here. <laughs> All right, folks, this is Rex, the rookie, signing off. John? Have a good day. Hopefully next week we keep the good vibes going. Orange and blue skies, baby. Oh, orange and blue skies. <laughs>